The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's a Friday, Ajay. It is a Friday. We've, We've made, made it, it to the weekend. We've made it through another month of this hellacious year. It's a new week, or a new month, excuse me. It is a, not a new week, Eric. It's the end of a week, but See, what happens start of a new is month. that we, we get through Saturday and we start Sunday. That is the beginning of a new week. So, oh, it, it's seven days. Bit. Oh, okay. It's not a continuously... Everything yet. blurs together anymore. You know, actually, I don't blame you for saying that because it's it, like March, April, May all are just one big blur. They just all one big blob of a crappy year in its own self. But we've made it through. You've made it through Friday. Congratulations. May 1st is today. Um, speaking of which, hey, I can before we get going through our show, Kyle Cottom, the uh, SID for men's basketball, uh, him and his beautiful wife, Megan, have just welcomed in twins. Oh. Uh, so Kyle is... Not Best only, of luck with that. Yeah, not only is he dealing with 12 different babies called USU men's basketball players, but he's also dealing with twins of his own, real twins, infants. Uh, congratulations to him and his beautiful family. Uh, from what I've been hearing, Kyle and his wife are well. They are healthy, uh, and uh, we, are, uh, we are excited for them as they uh, continue on their new journey. So good for them, happy for him. I want to congratulate them, though. Kyle's been so great in getting us interviews and, and getting us people for uh, – uh, just uh, in you know requests and whatnot and handles it so well. So big thank you to him and again congratulations to Kyle as well. Yeah, well as a father of twins, I know what the adventures are yeah. ahead of him. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. As a father of high stuffed animals, I know how it is. It is tough. It takes a lot of care. It does. Yeah. Uh, Eric, Love. hey, the, <laughs> the NBA draft, as you heard, is uh, being postponed. As is the combine, and we all kind of wait for Sam Merrill's entrance into the NBA, where we hope to be. Uh, it's May 1st, and we are no closer to resuming the basketball season or having an idea of when the basketball season will resume than when we did in the beginning of April, end of March. And there's still that limbo, I don't know mode, and it's just as big as it ever was before, which is more scary because two months ago they said that the answers would start coming here at this very day. Right, May 1st was kind of a target day to look at and, and kind of look for. Uh, to see how things were in the world, and to kind of a, a a barometer of where things might be able to go from from this point forward. While uh, it's been it's certainly in some areas in the NBA world, in some of their communities, it's been pretty pretty nasty. While in others, it hasn't been too bad. But in in a lot of these areas, it looks like the the curve is flattening. Uh, in some areas, it's it's on a slight decline. Even we're, we're we've hit the the peak and we're starting on the downhill trend. Um, and because of that, more businesses are opening. People are some people are getting back to work. Uh, the economy is starting to move along a little bit again. But I think one of the concerns that we're hearing uh, in a lot of sports circles, not just in the NBA, but there are still people concerned that there could be this what's called a second wave, that as people start to mingle more and get back out to more of their activities and associating with more people than they have been over these last two months, then there will be another uh, wave of, 
of uh, concern of these uh, people getting infected. But so the NBA has said, okay, May 1st was kind of our day we're looking for. Um, May 8th, starting May 8th, depending on what your situation is in your specific community, players can start to come into those uh, practice facilities and NBA practice facilities. Now, there's some protocols they have to follow. Only a limited number of people could be there. You can't do uh, uh, you know, workout together. Um, but it allows you these players to get into a gym and put up some shots. But they also made some other announcements, as you mentioned, Ajay, regarding the uh, the draft lottery and um, and uh, uh, the uh, the col- the combine that they do that they put together. It's been it's been canceled. Yeah, it's been canceled, which is pretty big. You almost see a lot of players, and I wonder how it's going to affect uh, a lot of players who had entered into the draft and now can't participate in the combine, how they say, you know what, I don't, this is going to hurt me more than help me. I need to be out there to be able to perform in front of GMs and scouts. I might as well just go back for another year of college and then come back when the combine is ready to go, when we can have a normal year of basketball. How many guys come back because of that, you think? Or do you think more just say, you know what, this is, they haven't seen me before. Maybe they take a chance on me based on my good college year I had. Couple of years. Well, I think the NBA is proof that, or excuse me, the NFL is is proof that, um, well, they were able to have their combine, but that, uh, but even their pro day, they they had yeah in the, in college football they didn't have pro days yeah they didn't have in person meetings you can which bring them in for huge. individual workouts, so you could still do a draft, you just have to pour over a lot of film and and talk to more people on the phone. Yeah, Matt LaFleur, uh, Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers actually spoke about that. He he talked about how uh, he said how much it affected that the in-person meetings didn't happen because he felt like you gained so much more in an in-person meeting. Discussions, tone of voice, eye contact, all that stuff. He said there are little things that people don't think about that in 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 an in-person conversation they couldn't have. Instead, it was over the phone, and they said it was more of a guessing game after that than anything, and that was such a big problem for them. If it wasn't for the in-person workouts, the Jazz wouldn't have got Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, They probably would have gone for someone they thought was the quote-unquote safer choice at that spot in the in the draft order. Do they trade up? It wouldn't have gone in, went after Mitchell that people were a little surprised that the Jazz went after him, and now everybody knows what a brilliant yeah, idea about, decision that was. Yeah, how well it turned out. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it matters. And uh, again, I wonder how much it affects some of these guys and, um, and, and maybe some of the scouts is, uh, excuse me, the scouts thoughts on maybe way we want to select this guy or, you know, we don't get a chance to sit down and talk to him. It, it's, uh, it's more of a guessing game now for anything just like NFL was. Uh, they, so they've, you, you can't do a draft lottery at this point because normally that's, during the playoffs, in the midst of the playoffs, it's when they do that. It's kind of exciting to see how the ping pong balls fall. But you can't do that because you don't know the, the don't orders know the right now. You don't know your numbers. You don't know who's going to be weighted more than another because you still have games to be played. Um, the, the combine usually was scheduled for May 21st to the 24th, uh, and that's just it's been postponed. So, so, okay, so wait, what was canceled, what was postponed? I'm a little confused here. Well, they've just said that they have been postponed. They haven't been outright canceled. Okay. 
Um, the uh, the draft lottery and the draft combine have been postponed. They haven't set a date for when it's going to happen. Uh, there's still uh, the actual lot. The excuse me, the actual draft itself is still scheduled for June 25th. That's going to be moved. That'll ultimately that'll still be moved. That will. That's going to be pushed way back. But they held off on making an announcement on that today. <clears throat> Adam Silver talked about yesterday that there there is conversation among the executives of having a season, Eric. This and this is huge, by the way. Having a season that will start in December on Christmas Day and go until July. Like there is serious conversation that is going to be a thought. That they're going to finish out this season, however it may be. They're going to have a draft lobby. They're going to have a draft combine. They're going to have those workouts. They're going to give teams a chance to look at the players they want to look at from colleges to see if they want them. G League especially. Uh, and then uh, and then have free – and you got to have free agency. You have to have a free agency because some players are looking at big-time money if they make an all-NBA team. Hint, hint. Uh, and so um, with that – could you imagine on Christmas Day you open up your season? Uh, like, because I mean, you usually have the five games on Christmas Day, right? Now you have a whole slated amount of NBA Christmas Day games. Plus, you might have uh, some NFL games, and then depending on where college football sits at, you might even have a call couple of college football games in the regular season. The way things are going, yeah, bowl season might just be regular season season. Yep, for college football. How about that? So uh, I saw some interesting things on ESPN today. A couple of guys got together, crunched the numbers, and they're looking at, okay, if we're going to finish the season and do a playoffs, how many days will that require? And then if you were to do that at a designated location, how many gyms would you need? Hmm. And then how many hotel rooms would you need? What would Who would the staff required uh, That's a good point. need to be yeah. for inside this bubble that they talk about? Or your support staff, your medical, uh, you know, things like that. Um, really interesting. They said that basically if you're going to finish out the regular season and still do the playoffs with their normal current format, 55 days is what you need. Mm, wow. But and that said, they did that saying avoiding back-to-backs. But if you're all in one location – there's no travel yeah. involved. You can do some back to back easily. Not, easily. I wouldn't say you do a lot of them, but you could put a few in there. I think the question is: Are they going to do this without fans, or yes or no? I think it's, if they're going to if they're going to play, if they're going to finish out the season, you can't have fans. I got a feeling it goes into the playoffs too. I think they take the safest course. They really do. If they're this detailed, which I'm guessing Adam Silver is, he does his homework. They say, you know what, let's let's take care of this season. Let's just finish out this season, get it out into our rearview mirror so we can move on. And then we'll take course of whatever transpires after that. And I think if they really want to do that, they're going to say, you know what, we, don't, we, we can't have fans. For the rest of the entire season, including playoffs, no fans. We're at no risk after that, they're, which is true. I mean, there's a bigger risk to have fans there, supposedly. Yep. According to sports, sure. uh, that we would have fans there rather than have the players play. So if that's the case, you have the players play, no fans, we move on. 
so we've been hearing that there was uh, some talk and some discussion that Las Vegas would be a good place. There's multiple Boy, they, venues. And they need it, too. Lots of hotel rooms. Yeah. But there's a concern that I've, we've been, I've been hearing from some of the veteran players, some of the reports from these veteran players saying, okay, that sounds great, but there's going to be a lot of distractions for our young players. That's not a good destination. No, don't give me that. Look, but come on. Casinos aren't open. Yeah. The clubs aren't open. Yeah. So how many distractions but, really will there but, 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 be? But, Eric, if Las Vegas, if Las Vegas does get NBA basketball there, the casinos will open, the clubs will open, the restaurants will open, and it will be back to Las Vegas just with NBA basketball. It, I mean, look, they're just looking for a penny to put into the slot machine to push the cha-ching thing, and then all of a sudden they'll all they'll the coins come out. sit down at some out. tables with their friends. Well, so another uh, destination that's being floated as a, as a high likelihood is Walt Disney World. Go in the middle of the park. They have their... Wide world of sports area. Um, you can set up multiple gyms or multiple courts, excuse me, uh, and uh, in, in indoor facilities. You're maintained. You already have a lot of hotel space, and you don't have those distractions like you might have in Las Vegas. If college athletes can go to Las Vegas and play in a conference basketball tournament, NBA players can go to Las Vegas and do what they need to do. I don't. I. Oh, well, yeah, I disagree with whoever. What I mean, what veteran players would ever say something like that? If you have veteran players, they'll take care of the younger guys and tell them, "Hey, look, if you want to screw up your career, by all means, it's your career." But uh, I'd, I'd recommend you don't. What about what about this? What if they played? Could you maybe lock it down within the two Eastern and Western Conference? Lock down two or three locations for both conferences to play their separate basketball games, and then once it comes to that point where they do need to have a middle point or a middle ground for the NBA Finals, they can find a place for that. Well, I think for the regular season, that's difficult. Because okay. like the Jazz were playing teams from the Eastern Conference and the you know uh, from the Western Conference as well. Oh, but you guys... Oh, okay. Yeah, you, can't, playing and, teams you can't eliminate all kinds those of different games, huh? yeah, yeah, okay. So That's a good point. It's it hard. I think the other challenge that the NBA is facing, they have guys like Steve Kerr saying, our team is acting like we're operating like the season's over. And their season was over a long time ago. <laughs> but, but look, if, you have, if you're a crap team in the NBA, if you were playing for the lottery... You have zero incentive to get back together to play more games. It's just a lost leader for you. Not even a leader. It's just a loss. It's a financial loss for you. You have nothing to gain. If you're not selling tickets. You're not selling concessions. If you don't have in-game sponsorships to do in your arena, why play the game? If you're the Phoenix Suns, if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, and so many other teams that are below the line. Yes, there are some teams that are still fighting for those that playoff position, but there's quite a few that aren't, and they're just they're like, why, why even try to do this? So they could be throwing a real wrench in all of this. They could sabotage this whole thing if they just try to hold strong and say, I don't think it makes sense to do this. Let's not do it because their their ulterior motives is look. There's no incentive for us to keep playing these games. Is there really not? Well, okay, but is there though? If you're playing for a top draft pick, 
Isn't there an incentive in that? Now, granted, I mean, how good is this draft, though, compared to last year? Last year's draft was pretty loaded. Uh, last year's draft was 10. really good. It was good. Yes. This one's a watered-down version of that. I might be wrong, but I, I would say it's more watered-down. Yes, I think you're right. Which is probably a good thing for Sam Errol, to be very honest with you. Um. Then, there's just... Who do you think has it more tough? The guys who are entering the draft and have agents and are ready to go, but can't because this whole thing is just in limbo mode. Because we never... Sam Merrill told us, like, he keeps asking his agent, hey, what have you heard? Hey, have you heard anything? And he's like, eh, same thing. <laughs> and just, you know, copy and paste. Uh, but... Well, is it harder for them or is it harder for these NBA players who are trying to get back into the playoffs, who want to finish out their season, got to LeBron James with the team that he has and the opportunity they had to win the NBA Finals, and you just don't know if you're going to finish the season? As confident as they think... Here's the other thing. Is that as confident as they think they're going to be that, or they are to finish the season, the more and more that we go along, Eric... Man, I'm not so sure. Like, college football, I thought two months... Okay, a month ago, Eric, I thought 110%. We are starting the season, football season on time. We're going to play every single game. We're going to end on time, and it's all going to be okay. We are at May 1st, and in one month, 30 days, I have absolutely swapped. I've jumped the ship. And now I'm not so sure we're A, going to start on time, or B, get our games in on time. Yeah, I, I'm with you. A month ago, I thought, that's so far out. We, how, of course, things are going to be better, and we'll have football in the fall. And when I started to hear people speculating that uh, you know, no, no fall sports, I thought, oh, that's crazy talk. Yeah, here we are, May 1st. Now, granted, how much has changed in 30 days? We are the NBA is now opening up practice facilities. Major League Soccer has announced today that they may allow for some outdoor activities at their facilities. So there's starting to be some there's baby steps, but they're creeping towards the necessary steps to get some of these sports to start to happen. But I don't know. I mean, you look at Utah and and. And Idaho, and um, it's we, we it's the the peak is there, and it's it's on its way down. Especially in Idaho, it's definitely on its way down. Utah, there's still quite a few cases being reported, but um, the number of people recovered has also gone way up, and it's improving. So, and there's a lot of other states that that are going through some similar things, but others like down in New Orleans, it's it's going up. They're there, it's spreading and there's it's peaking, so it's still going up. So, I don't know, Ajay. It's tough to say to with the way this thing is. You can't say one blanket standard for everybody. And, and if we do apply that, it's got to be delayed. Yeah, it pushes I, it further back. You had uh, we were sitting together talking about some stuff, and you played an audio clip from Urban Meyer about how football in different like. I mean, it's good in some states, but in other states, it's not good. So how do you handle that with conferences? And, and what do you do with that? And, and Urban wasn't saying one way or another. He was still staying, I, th- I believe he said, he's still saying he was optimistic about the situation, but, that it's, but it's a little bit more, I guess it's still in limbo mode, if that's to say. Yeah, should we hear what he had to say? Please. Here's Urban Meyer. 
you know, the, the one concern, and I've been on a couple conference calls where I listen, and is that every state's going to be different. You know, there's certain states that were hit very, very hard. There's other states that were not. So, for example, the Big Ten Conference, you have New Jersey that was hit very, very hard and right next to New York City and then Maryland. And so can you really play if some some states won't open up? So I'm just I'm trying to be the optimist. I, I really trust our medical professionals. I think, you know, we've contained it to a degree. So I, I'm staying positive. That's good. <laughs> it's good uh, to stay positive. Yeah. Sure. I feel like he still doesn't even know. He's like, man, I, we still don't have an answer. Uh, and I saw some something floated somewhere. I can't remember now where I saw that. I've seen so many different things. Uh, but that uh, there's a potential idea that's being floated that what if we stagger things? What if in your conference, the states that are in your conference, and your member institutions in your conference, it's in their communities, it would be okay for those teams Maybe not for fans, but it would be okay for those teams to do practices and to hold games. But in another conference, it's not yet. So could the Mountain West conceivably start their season? Before the SEC. Before the SEC or the Big Ten or the Pac-12? Here's a problem with that. When we get to bowl season and playoff season, what do you do? Do you just wait for three, four weeks? Well, I don't even know how you have a bowl season. Without the non-conference games, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that's actually you do that. That's a guy. Do you eliminate a bunch of bulls and say, you know what, this year is not, we're not going to have a bull game into your place? Do you just take maybe the higher paying bulls, maybe one or two bulls from each conference, and say, you know what, if you're in the top two or top three, top four, yeah, if you're in the you're top tier money making bulls, maybe we could still find a way to still, yeah, we can get you still a bull have game. it happen. Otherwise, everyone else, yeah, and it'll be disappointing. Because if you're one of those teams who finish at an even 500 mark or one game above 500 in your conference and you don't make a bowl game, it's, it, it sucks. It, I, I get it. But you take one or two teams, maybe the conference championship teams, and put them into a bowl game. Eliminate a ton of bowl games, take just the top tier or top paying money ones, and keep it there. Maybe then, I think then maybe you have a better shot. But again, what if, if the Mount West Conference starts three weeks before the SEC does... And you finish the Mountain West Conference in football, and then you're just kind of hanging out, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for everybody else to finish their portion. Yeah, before the seating gets placed. And if you're a New Year's Six team waiting it out, then you're waiting for even longer. Well, and really, how much bowl money would there be anyway if fans can't attend? If fans can't attend? Ooh, that's a good question. Now, that's December. It seems crazy to still be thinking of that. I know. Not uh, I unknowns know. Yeah. in December, yeah. but... Dude, but we, we didn't think there would be this many unknowns on May 1st, though, and here we are. We're still asking the same questions we were in on March 30th, really. Which kind of circles back to conversation with the NBA. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, there were some comments from Adam Silver and some of the recommendations going around in the NBA is that they want to hold off on making any official decisions regarding the season. Now, they did make decisions about the the, uh, the the draft lottery and the combine. Those have been postponed. But about the, resuming this season, they're still kind of in a wait-and-see mode. Infectious disease specialists who advise the NBA, other professional sports teams, I think anybody in our country right now, the, the, the message that they've given those people making decisions is this. Hold off 
on having to make decisions until the final possible moment. And, and that's what the NBA is doing here. But the question is, what is that final moment? And that's still what's unknown. What is your point of no return? For NBA? For the NBA. I'd say mid-June. Is that, is that June 1st? I was going to say it's got to be June or mid-June. Because any, because if you start in July, this is really getting out of hand. So you got July, August. I mean, honestly, July, August, September. You're still. If, if you need fifty-five days to play games and have a full playoffs, and you still need, and you'll need two weeks. But before you, but you still that need two weeks to train for a mini camp. You're looking at September, maybe even some of October. That's a solid two and a half months. But you have to finish before that because remember, October. It's just like it's your October and November to take care of. Uh, draft lottery, uh, your draft, your combine, your scouting, uh, free agency, and then December your season starts again. What if you're an early entry candidate for the N- for the NBA? Oh, geez, yeah. You're thinking, you know what? I'm going to declare early. Yeah, but there's a chance that I could come back and still play a season in the NBA. Is not really certain when it's going to start. I might not know if I can make the NBA. I could come back and start almost a full semester of school before the NBA even has its draft. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the other things with the NBA is uh, if they were to do something, if they were to resume, safety is certainly uh, the top priority, keeping their players and staff safe. Safety of the players, the coaches, the staff, can they put them in an environment where they're going to minimize the risk. And remember, it's not just the safety of the players. You have coaches, you know, who are in their late sixties, early seventies on staff that would be around players at all times, uh, and, and certainly would be susceptible to the virus. Popovich, he's like seventy one years old. And there's older guys on on staff who aren't the, the main head coach, they're assistant coaches. There's some staffs that do have some older guys. Something to be concerned about. Uh, speaking of the NBA, there are rumors aplenty. Uh, and things have, over the last two months, the rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert has it gotten to a point where a draft or excuse me, a trade may be necessary in the, for the Utah Jazz. Uh, and if so, who would the Jazz get in return? Does it sound ludicrous, or is there some traction to this? Where there's smoke, there's fire. We'll discuss coming up next here in the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric hey, France and AJ Salvas. We're going to talk about that later today, right? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Please, we have we'll to. Have time. We'll, we'll get into uh, that. Just to tease it. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Rumors are starting to, to pop up about uh, trade offers that may be floating and, and being recommended uh, to, uh, to pry away Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. First of all, do you think that's a good decision to the Jazz should they entertain those trade offers, Dude, whatever uh, they may be? Yeah. 
and say, yes, we are willing to look at trade opportunities to move Rudy Gobert. Yeah, absolutely. The question becomes... Why? He's a two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. NBA All-Star. But it, He's but the a, heart and soul of the Utah right, Jazz. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right, Eric. But here's the problem. The Jazz don't give a crap. Why don't they protect their star? He's got the... You know, there's a coronavirus situation. Rudy Gobert feels like he got sold out by his own organization. And he doesn't say team. He doesn't say players. He doesn't say coaches. He says organization. He's including President Sarks. He's including Gail Miller. He's where, including, where did he say that? You could tell by the attitude. You could tell by the, I mean, well, the reports from David Aldridge, from Tony Jones, uh, the, uh, the article on The Athletic, in The Athletic about it, uh, Sam Amick. Uh, you, you could tell from uh, David Aldridge. He came out with a little, you know, just a little report about it. Just that Rudy Gobert is not going to come out and say, look, you, my whole entire organization absolutely turned their back on me when I needed them the most, including their star player, Mr. Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to come out and say that. Just like Joe Ingles isn't going to come out and be like, yeah, do you know what? Donovan hates Rudy. Rudy hates everybody else, including Donovan. Joe is not going to come out and say that. Everyone's going to pretend like it's all dandy and all fine. This isn't Shaq and Kobe in 2003. When they absolutely hated each other and everybody knew it because they came out and said, dude, I cannot stand Shaq. I cannot stand Kobe. We cannot stand Phil. Like, it's just, it's not, this. that's not what we're at anymore. So they're going to pretend like it's all great, you know, flowers, dandelions, and daisies in a green meadow. Really, it's thorns, weeds, and a dry desert. And it's, it's a bad situation. And so you get what you can out of it. Or d- uh, does this make it convenient... Excuse for what was already maybe ruminating under the under the surface. See, Say, look, we've ooh. got he's a great defensive player, uh, and we we get that. But he's costing us a lot of money. He potentially could cost us even more money. And we've seen many times over the years, Ajay, organizations seem to be very careful about making their their defensive player their max player. Utah Jazz made that mistake with Andre Karolinko. Detroit Pistons made that mistake with Ben Wallace. It ha- it's, it's happened before, and unless Rudy Gobert develops more of an offensive dominance, is he really worth that kind of coin that he's going to demand? So the Jazz might as well make a move to get something in return while he still has some value. Okay, I want you to do something really quickly on your computer. I want you to Google NBA Trade Machine. Click on that, and we're going to play just a little game right here. Oh. Okay. I know, this could get saucy. One of the rumors, Eric, that has came up in this with, with Rudy Gobert is, excuse me, I can't talk today, if Rudy Gobert is open for an NBA trade, is one guy that Utah seems to hate. He's the Dennis Rodman, but more athletic Dennis Rodman. It is Draymond Green. Now, before you squint, scream, and gnash your teeth. The trade was successful, according to the trade NBA machine. The difference is that Golden State would lose 30 wins. Utah would only lose 7. So with this trade, Golden State would have decreased this team's projected wins by 30 with this trade for Utah, 
it decreases a team's projected wins by seven. Yeah? It, so when I first heard about this potential, because this was reported by Rick Buecher. Yeah. That this is a potential that's out there, the Draymond Green to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gobert. I think there would need to be some additional considerations. Not just Draymond. It's not a straight across Yeah, deal. not a straight up deal. No, absolutely. There's cash Rudy is earning more. Draft He's a younger picks. player, right? He's got an expiring contract. He's, there's a lot of value for that. Um, the uh, At first glance, I'm like, oh, no way. I hate that guy. <laughs> but he is one of those guys that if he's on your team, you love him. He would fit into the Jazz defensive philosophy, I think, quite well, actually. He would provide that heart and soul that they may be missing from not having Rudy Gobert. He'd be the enforcer in the middle. He could defend multiple positions. I think they would still need to go out and get a, a, a center. I don't know if who they have in their pipeline is really going to be their long-term solutions, but oh, maybe maybe they will. But I'm, I've actually grown into this thinking, hmm, that may be a possibility. Hmm. Makes you kind of squirm, doesn't it? Yes. I, honestly, <laughs> I like this better than the other uh, trade rumor that's oh, out yeah, there. Yeah, and that absolutely. is with the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I don't. Please don't. Rudy Gobert to the Washington Wizards with Rui Hachimura as the main bargaining chip. And when you have a rookie center as your only main bargaining chip in this, that's kind of scary. Now, there are other players that... No, decent players, not great players, not even good players, but there's youth, there's other considerations that allow the Jazz to do some things maybe down the line. But uh, that one makes me nor- more nervous. That if that if that's the direction that the Jazz go, it's a signal that uh, we're just we're still building. We're not committed to going after the ring right now. If they're going to include Draymond. There may need to make some other moves, but it still says, hey, we're, we're going to try to be serious contenders in the West. What do you do? Like, you're, you are, by the way, when you come back and you resume the basketball season, Eric, you are currently standing in fourth in the Western Conference. Is that right, Eric? Jazz are currently in fourth. You're still a few games out of third. I mean, I mean, game you're, and a half. Three and a half? A game and a half. Oh, so you're still well in contention of third, probably even second at this point, aren't you? The Jazz are a game and a half behind Denver, three games behind L.A. You're still well in contention for a second place in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's a possibility, sure. And you've got this riff. And the the sad thing is, is that nobody put duct tape on Donovan Mitchell's mouth from the PR standpoint. No one ever said, Donovan, quit doing interviews, quit talking about the Rudy Gobert situation. Shut up. Sit down, stay silent, stay out of the view. Wait until we get back. And then when we make media available to you, then you can talk. But just keep your mouth shut. And the problem is that since he's been able to talk, and they've silenced Rudy Gobert, it seems like, Rudy's taking the high road. Donovan is taking this weird, immature path. Well, yeah, Donovan has refused to come out and say anything, period, about conversations that he's had or trying to get over and move past it. Rudy's taking the high road. Rudy said, yeah, you know what? Uh, we, we, we've we talked. I've reached out to him. I uh, think uh, we'll uh, we'll be competitive. We want to win. We want to work together. 
Meanwhile, there's you know crickets from Donovan Mitchell's camp. So with that, he's. I mean, just stay out of the light until this thing is settled, and then when when you do get back to practice as a team, and the media is available to you, then you can talk. They'll ask you questions, and the biggest thing is to show support for Rudy Gobert. Hey, we're on the same team. We have one goal, and that's to go win an NBA championship. With this team, we can go do that. But now, I mean, and to be quiet, but now, really, it's all going to be, you know, are you and Rudy friends? Have you and Rudy talked? Why didn't you ever talk, call Rudy? Uh, how long were you mad at him? Just all this. That's, that's all it's going to be about. Uh, for, so we mentioned... Uh... I just want to go back real quickly on the one proposed trade. We did say that there was one that had been talked about, reported from Rick Buecher, involving Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green. Uh, and then a couple other people, um, Greg Schwartz is reporting that there's a proposed trade of uh, Rui Hachimura, but it would also include Thomas Bryant, Jerome Robinson, and Ish Smith. So that's a center, a point guard, a power forward, and a shooting guard in exchange for the two-time defensive player of the year. So hmm. the Jazz would have to move some other players, wave some players. or Yeah, there's some money that's going to have to be swapped around to shift cast some of these guys somewhere else. But uh, it's uh, it's... Honestly, I'm it worried about me. coming back. It, honestly, it sickens season. me yeah. because I think this Jazz team was starting to get some things figured out, starting but to click. I right think before this, I think we talked about this, Eric. Do you remember just before the whole coronavirus situation came out? And do you remember when uh, Rudy Gobert was wide open underneath the hoop for three passes, and no one even like yes. And Donovan had on one possession, looked at him, and then looked away and gave it to Conley in the corner, which was yep. a horrible idea. And yep. then so Rudy on the other side is like, well, then F it. I'm not going to freaking play defense. Donovan's matchup on a one-on-one. Rudy's supposed to be at the block. He doesn't get there to back up Donovan, and Donovan gets cooked on a left-handed layup. And David Locke comes out because I was listening to the game on this very station, and David says, boy, I hope, Ru- <laughs> I hope Rudy and Donovan can actually fix that out because he had mentioned that Rudy just left Donovan out to dry. Right. I think that this this – What's been talked about since the whole coronavirus thing is just a greater illustration of a rift that was already happening between Rudy and, and Donovan. Um, so I it, it sickens me. I like both of them because this team. I think they really work well it. together. Yep. yep. If they can figure it out, but the other thing too, we're, we're we're focusing on just those two players and their relationship. What we don't know is how a lot of the other guys in that locker room feel about Rudy Gobert. Joe Ingles came out and said he's the only one. Just come out and said we'll be fine. Mike Conley did too, didn't he? Yeah, I guess that's true. Mike Conley did make a public comment saying we'll we'll be all right. But you're right. If the locker room is divided, been pretty quiet, and it's a split straight down the middle line between the locker room and it's Donovan and Rudy right, on you, both sides. Are you sides. team Donovan or are you, you team Rudy? Exactly. And now you got a Shaq and Kobe situation all over again. And at some point, maybe maybe not come out and say it right now, but one at some point it's going to be split apart. And it's going to be a 30 for 30 short. What if the coronavirus doesn't happen? Right. And the fact that we haven't heard the leadership, and maybe we don't necessarily like fans that necessarily don't deserve to hear what the leadership is doing behind the scenes. That bothers me. But it is interesting that it's been pretty quiet. Where's Gail Miller? Miller. That's, you know, Starks. Starks. That Quinn. Dennis Lindsay. They haven't been more vocal. Justin Zanuck. About their 
the the chemistry and the relationships in that locker room. Yeah, just I'm not going to call it laziness, and I don't want to say like just being scared to say one way or another. All you simply have to say is that we are, you know, we we give Reed our very best. He's an important part of this basketball team. We love him. We appreciate him. And Donovan needs and, to realize and, that he could have been contracted the disease from who yeah, knows where. We, and, and, well, yeah, that's the other thing you say is we don't know where Rudy got the virus from. We don't know where where Donovan. We don't got know the where virus. Donovan got it from. Like, just I mean, equalize it so like you like I mean, it's not even all the eyes. ground. Yes, not right all now. It's just Rudy. in favor of like you know what, Rudy, you're setting on the you're setting on the low end of a huge avalanche coming right at you. And I think that's where Rudy's like, well, I'm going to turn and leave them before it comes and gets me. All right, uh, more to discuss. Uh, to, what do you think? Do you, is it time for the Jazz to move on from Rudy Gobert and get value out of him while they can? He's got an expiring contract. He's going to be up for a big contract extension. And what do you want for Next him? year. Or, do you, or say, look, yes, look, these are adults that need to figure this out. What matters is winning. And if you can put your personal frustrations aside just to play well on the court that's what matters love to get your thoughts on that 435-339-0321 text into the program 435-339-0321 the full court press on sports talk radio 106.9 fm 1390 am the fan Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press, rolling on. Happy May. We made it to May. And uh, still a lot of questions out there about when will sports resume. I think NASCAR is making some progress towards starting their season, which, to be honest, that's shouldn't be that hard. Um, but uh, the NBA, Major League Soccer, some talk that the, their facilities will be available to their players. Although about half of the the cities that have NBA teams, they still have restrictions in place that players wouldn't be able to go into their into those facilities just yet. Uh, but that's going to start May eighth, and those that can. So I think we're still weeks away, if not months away, from professional organized sports. Uh, and then the real question is, if the NBA does resume, what does that relationship look like with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the rest of the Utah Jazz? And honestly, Ajay, are these trade rumors that are popping up just from opportunistic teams sensing that there may be some discord within the Jazz organization and just floating a balloon out there to see what what takes? Or... Or the Utah Jazz really serious about entertaining offers? No, there's. I, I think there's some seriousness on both sides. How serious? I don't know. I would think if the Jazz were more serious, we'd get more, more rumors about it and no. more interesting. No, we wouldn't. More interesting. No, recommendations. I would keep this thing so under wrap. It'd be stupid, ridiculous. I would try to hide this thing like crazy. Look, they held. They, they hit Donovan Mitchell. They worked out Donovan Mitchell like two months before. And then hit it until draft night and took a knife into the Nuggets' back and twisted it. 
and are still twisting it every time they play him. Like, they're good at keeping information very disclosed away from people, and I <laughs> I, I would know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if there's any information like about Rudy Gobert, they're keeping it very under wraps. They probably, I would be honest, I, I honestly think that they're having conversations and I don't know this for sure. This is pure speculation. Pure speculation that they're maybe having other conversations with teams about what they would be willing to offer for Rudy Gobert. Well, I think part of it, too, is that we're still in the middle of a season. Generally. I know. So I know. Th- those those level of conversations are normally hard to, ha- to, to have uh, taking place in the not middle of the season. Not when you're not having basketball practice but or games. Right now, yeah, front office people have really not much else to do. Yeah. So they're playing the trade machine and seeing what sp- gets spit out. I hope that the Jazz can work it out. I hope they can retain Rudy Gobert uh, and Donovan Mitchell. I hope they can you know, bury the hatchet, whatever. It needs to be done so this team can go out there and, and uh, win together. I think it, it's a great combination. You've got an enforcer, a rim protector, a creator out on the perimeter. It, it really works. That combination really works well together. Hey, I want to get into the last dance parts five and six here in just a moment. I, I just was reading on ESPN.com a portion of the NBA, you know, if they can come back or what the behind the scenes stuff is. I want to read something new and get your thoughts on it. Um, by Monday, following further conversations with teams, the NBA had pushed back the date of allowing players to come back into team uh, or bring back players into team facilities and furnished the teams with a 16-page memo on the procedures. Silver has publicly and privately insisted he couldn't abide his league, gobbling up tests to resume a basketball season if the general public and medical professionals are without mass access to tests, which is rightfully done. Once the NBA shared its guidelines with teams on protocols for bringing players into the facility for workouts, it's prohibited the, the use of the tests on players unless they are, were showing COVID-19 symptoms. So here's my question. We're not going to test every player. But I thought at first that's what they wanted to do. Is to make sure they test every player before they go into the arena and play a game. So now we're only testing if they have COVID-19 symptoms. Well, there's been a lot of public backlash against the NBA. How sure. They were able to get access to tests before the, a lot of people in the general public were able to get and, a, gain access. Which are extremely important people as well. But at the same time, that was... That was two months ago when this was all happening, and it was hard to get access. Okay. Now we're testing hundreds of Daily. thousands of people every day. Yeah. T- tens of thousands of oh, people every day. that makes sense. Day. Okay. And maybe you don't need to do a full-on coronavirus test, but temperature checks and a couple other things that you can do to to monitor the health. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of logistical issues that go into trying to stage 259 games in a single area, and who who accompanies the players uh, that to, to go to those games. It's not just your 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 team. It's not just your coaches. It's your athletic trainers. Uh, it's referees. It's uh, your your support staff. Your technical staff that's going to do some video review. Um, you know, do you have medical personnel on hand in case yeah. somebody falls and breaks a leg or busts a nose? Does that community, do they have spare medical personnel to even spare 
Or they needed to work in the hospitals and things like this. That's a good point. What about your meal plans? Uh, And some NBA players have different diets than others for what they're trying to do. So uh, it's very complicated when you look at all the logistics that may be involved. 60 seconds left. Parts five and six of the last dance come up. They're going to focus on the dream team. Michael Jordan was part of that 92 Olympic team. One player was not, and that was Isaiah Thomas. Now, they had very bitter, 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 hated rivals, you know, years with the Pistons, in so much that Jordan still today, as he found out in parts three and four, still hates Oh, it's a very Pistons. bitter relationship. Still hates him. Yes. I, I'm really excited to I, watch I still strongly disagree with Jordan that he didn't say anything to Roth Thorne and say, hey, if I am on this team, Isaiah Thomas is not. Give me Stockton for crying out loud. But don't give me Isaiah if I'm out. I still stand with that, even though what we're going to hear on Sunday says otherwise. Yeah, I'm sure that he put the, the kibosh on getting Isaiah Thomas in the Dream Team. Could you imagine? Why else wouldn't he have been there? Yeah. Two-time well, and, NBA and champion. You think Pip, Pippen is, holds a, a better grudge than anybody else I know? You think Pippen would have been like, oh, yeah, this is great. Hey, Isaiah, what's up, man? Long time no talk. But what we may not know is how many other players. We focus on Jordan and his specific relationship Clyde Drexler with was Isaiah, another guy. But how many other players Clyde Drexler was definitely on the that kibosh list. on getting Isaiah Thomas into that dream team? Have a great night, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Cincinnati Bengals released Andy Dalton yesterday, this after nine years of starting at quarterback. Dalton's achievements in Cincinnati are probably a bit underrated. But at a certain point, fatigue had set in from both sides. Last year was tough in Cincinnati. Now the Bengals fans get to start over with number one overall pick Joe Burrow. Dalton's next steps aren't quite as clear. There may be no spots left in the quarterback game of musical chairs. The Patriots and Jags are places he could compete for the job, or he could become a high-end backup. Either way, he's taking a pay cut, just like Jameis Winston did with the Saints. But following Winston's footsteps to play under a great offensive coach isn't a bad idea. We see second acts in the NFL all the time. For Dalton, maybe life after Cincinnati will provide new opportunities and the Red Rifle will be firing touchdowns once again. All right, maybe it's time for a new nickname as well. We'll see where he lands and we'll go from there. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.